Welcome back to FYF Sports Debates Podcast, your daily commute sports show. And we're here today to talk about one thing and one thing only, and that's the NBA playoffs. Second round of the NBA playoffs got off to a great start today. We had the Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies. Golden State in a game, which really was a statement game for that team. Because the Memphis Grizzlies over the last two years have really had their number on the road. They faced a tough test against a young team and they were able to come out with the win even after the ejection of their defensive quarterback, Draymond Green. Klay Thompson and Steph Curry come up with some huge stops at the end of that game on Ja Morant to seal the victory 117 to 116. We also had the Bucks and the Celtics. Celtics were one of the hottest teams in the NBA, especially after the All-Star break. Swept the Nets, the team that was favored to win it all. But the Bucks come in shorthanded without Chris Middleton and in dominating fashion, Giannis Antetokounmpo leads the attack and helps propel the Bucks to a 101-89 victory. Both teams were able to steal home court advantage. And these games put a lot of pressure on the home teams because they cannot afford to lose game two. So those are going to be two very interesting matchups. But there are more matchups that we need to discuss in this NBA playoff scenario, right? The stars, the storylines, the matchups to watch in the second round. You know, after a thrilling opening round of the NBA playoffs that saw You know, the NBA's best team, the Phoenix Suns, get tested by the New Orleans Pelicans and their trio of unheralded rookies. We saw Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks send the Utah Jazz into an uncertain offseason. We don't know what they're going to do with Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. They need to find a way to get back to playing defense. And then the Boston Celtics, who broke out the brooms against the league's preseason title favorites in the Brooklyn Nets. And now here we are in the conference semifinals. And although the higher seeds advanced in every series in round one, something tells us that that won't happen again on the road to the NBA finals. Right. As we mentioned before, the Grizzlies, who needed three double digit fourth quarter comebacks to oust the Minnesota Timberwolves in six games, could be vulnerable against Steph Curry, Klay Thompson and Jordan Poole and a revitalized Golden State Warriors squad that just eliminated the Denver Nuggets. They're already down 1-0, so they're going to be fighting an uphill battle from this point forward. The Celtics have been the hottest team in the league since the start of the second half of the season. Their reward was Giannis Antetokounmpo and the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks. And we saw what Giannis was able to do in game one in dominating fascists. Now, what additional drama do we have awaiting in the second round as we have two more games in the Eastern Conference? We have the Miami Heat and the Philadelphia 76ers. How did the Heat get here? The regular season was a war of attrition for the Miami Heat that trotted out 
23 different starting lineups because of various injuries, but still managed to capture the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. That plug and play attitude came in handy in the first round with Kyle Lowry hamstring issues, missing game four and five. Jimmy Butler also out game five. The Heat still found a way to defeat that Atlanta Hawk team that has just been pesky over the last couple of years. And when we get to the Philadelphia 76ers, how did the Sixers get here? After escaping the Ben Simmons saga and acquiring James Harden to pair with MVP finalist Joel Embiid, Philadelphia finished fourth in the East. That set them up with a tricky first round matchup with the Toronto Raptors who managed to push the Sixers to six games even after falling behind in the series 3-0. The good news, a dominant game six performance in Toronto finally got Philly back on track heading into a matchup in Miami. The bad news, Embiid is out indefinitely with the facial injury and concussion. Now, surprise player for that Philadelphia team, To me, it was Danny Green. Green has been through more than a few playoff battles over his lengthy NBA career, but the veteran showed his worth even at this late stage with his play against Toronto with Matisse Thibel sidelined for games in Canada due to not being fully vaccinated. Green's minutes skyrocketed from 22 per game to 31 in that particular series. Meanwhile, as Philadelphia's only true 3 3 and D player, and those are vital in today's games, Green made the most of his three-point opportunities, making 16. His combination of experience and strong shooting should help, help this team put up a sizable advantage against the Miami Heat reserves. Now, what do we want to watch for in this particular series? And I believe that the, the key thing that we need to watch for is going to be Joel Embiid's injury status. How quickly can that training staff get him back on the court? How long it takes Embiid to recover from an orbital bone fracture and concussion, right? He suffered both late in the fourth quarter in game six against Toronto. A Siakam elbow did the trick. But all of this will determine whether the series becomes a battle or simply a blowout. Uh, Embiid again caught that elbow from Pascal Siakam at about the four minute mark remaining in that game in that game six. And he's now out indefinitely robbing Philadelphia of its franchise centerpiece on both ends of the floor. Right. It was a devastating stroke of bad luck for Embiid, who said on many occasions this season how much pride he took in just missing four games as he's been plagued by injuries throughout his entire career. Now, the 76ers will try to figure out where to go from here, but none of the options playing DeAndre Jordan, playing Paul Reed more, or going ultra small are going to be appealing, right? This team is built around and powered by Joel Embiid. So, Curious to see how Eric Spolstra decides to attack this Philadelphia 76ers team without Joel Embiid. But mark my words, I want everyone to understand teams that are wounded 
generally fight a little harder. They usually come into these games a bit more locked in and focused. So I'm curious to see how Philadelphia reacts to Miami and how do they maintain some level of composure without Joel Embiid on the floor, at least for the first two to three games of this series. Right, we can get to a, a series that's actually already started. We have the Celtics and the Bucks. Right, we know how the Celtics got here. After a rocky start to the season, the Celtics found their rhythm after Christmas and just kept rolling. They pulled off an impressive first round sweep over Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets. Doing a tremendous defensive job on the former MVP, Boston comes into this series brimming with confidence after dominating the preseason NBA title favorites. But has that confidence been quelled to a certain degree after taking a stinging loss in game one? Right, Marcus Smart was probably the sneaky MVP of the first round. Jason Tatum took his game to a different level. The Nets series providing the type of consistent superstar performances that define his team's wins. But in the shadow of Tatum's greatness was a steady player, especially from the defensive side of the ball and the 2022 defensive player of the year. Now, I believe the key to this next series is going to be Marcus Smart, who averaged 16 and a half points in that first round series. But his ability to be a difference maker defensively will be a primary reason why the Celtics can contend with the Milwaukee Bucks. All right, we can move on to the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks have been building to this moment, their first true test in their title defense. Milwaukee finished with the identical record to the Boston Celtics during the regular season, but the Bucks rested their starters on the season's final day, setting up a first-round matchup with the Chicago Bulls, a series they won in five games. But conceding home court advantage in the second-round showdown that we have now, actually, that move paid a lot of dividends because they've already been able to steal home court advantage from the Boston Celtics with a dominating Game 1 performance. Now, I would say the, the sneaky MVP in that first round series, especially with Chris Middleton going down with injuries, got to be Drew Holiday. He was able to step up. Holiday put up modest scoring totals during the first round against the Bulls, even with Chris Middleton's sideline for most of the series. But Holiday turned up the intensity on Chicago's all-star duo for the entire series. Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan combined to shoot. 30% from the field in the series when guarded by Holiday, who shadowed the two alongside Wesley Matthews, another surprising defensive star. Overall, the Bulls shot 29% in the series when Holiday was the closest defender. According to you know ESPN stats and information and research, Holiday shot a career high 41% from the three-point line during the regular season which could be important considering the Bucks are almost certain to require more offense from Drew Holiday if they are looking to beat the Boston Celtics in this particular series. Right now, what are we going to watch for in this series? I believe it's going to be Giannis versus the Boston interior defense. And we saw what that Boston interior defense could do. The combination of Robert Williams, Al Horford, Jason Tatum, Daniel Tice, Jalen Brown, 
did a lot of damage to the Brooklyn Nets and they really didn't have much of an interior game. Right, the winner of this series will likely be determined in the paint in a clash between an irresistible force and an immovable object. Buckstar Antetokounmpo, one of the league's best rim attackers, is up against Boston's interior defense, one of the stingiest in the league. Now, Antetokounmpo punished the Bulls inside during the first round series, averaging 18 points per game in the paint alone. During the season, Giannis led the NBA in made layups, dunks, and averaged the most points per game in the restricted area and scored the most points in the league on direct drives, and that's according to Second Spectrum Sports Tracking. Now, I believe the real test begins for the Milwaukee Bucks, especially with Milwaukee missing one of its best perimeter scorers. Now, Boston allowed the fewest points in the NBA on direct drives and allowed the lowest paint field goal percentage in the league. They ranked second in the league in field goal percentage allowed at the rim and have been the best in the league since January 1st. The Celtics have multiple defenders capable of matching up with Giannis. That's something that most teams definitely don't have. Again, it includes the aforementioned Robert Williams, who's coming back from that knee surgery, the meniscus tear. Grant Williams, who's much improved and much better shape. He he held Giannis to one of seven, seven shooting um, in, in matchups in half court. That was during the regular season. And you have Al Horford, the veteran presence, who's guarded Giannis on shot attempts more frequently than any defender in the league. So this is going to be an interesting matchup. We've seen Boston have the they have the capability uh, of making the proper adjustments even after a game one loss giving up home court advantage i still see this team making this series highly competitive all right we also have a very intriguing matchup the phoenix suns and the dallas mavericks in the western conference now, we, we all know that, you know, the Suns cruised through the regular season with the franchise record 64 wins, but had some adversity thrown at them in the first round, especially when Devin Booker went down with a hamstring injury in game two against the Pelicans. They bounced back with wins in game five and six to close out that pesky Pelican team. Right. We have to say, you know, the, the MVP of that first round, I would definitely give it to Mikael Bridges because they really needed him to step up and perform once Devin Booker went down with injury and take up some of that scoring load. Right. Bridges game five was an all time performance. Bridges played all but 66 seconds and had 31 points, went four, four from the three point line with four blocks. Right. He became just the seventh player in playoff history to have 30 points four threes and four blocks in a game that joined the you know the company of lebron kevin durant Kawhi leonard kobe and vince carter with that type of performance now bridges was also his usual defensive force on the defensive end and according to espn bridges held the pelicans to 37 percent shooting as the primary defender he also forced 14 turnovers and held new orleans to a measly 0.82 points per play as the primary defender right on the flip side of that we have the mavericks right dallas won its playoff series and actually its first playoff series 
since the 2011 title run, right? With new head coach Jason Kidd there, um, you know, despite Luka, you know, missing the first three games of this series, I was surprised that they were even able to compete. But, you know, guards Jalen Brunson, who's going to be a, a highly sought free agent in this, in, once the season ends, he averaged 27 points per game when Luka was out. And he only committed a total of four turnovers during that span. He had a breakout series. Um, but even with Jalen Brunson playing elite basketball, especially when Luka was out, I believe the first round MVP has to go to Dorian Finney-Smith. And as you can see, a lot of the MVPs or the first round MVPs that we have for each team are defenders, right? Brunson was far too spectacular to qualify as sneaky. So I'm going with Finney-Smith as not just the MVP for the first round, but a key player against the Suns. The small forward was the primary defender on Donovan Mitchell who credited Finney-Smith throughout the series as the biggest factor for his inefficiency. He shot 38% from the floor and a mild 20% from the three-point line. Finney-Smith was also a significant offensive contributor, averaging 13 points per game with three assists, right? While going 17 of 43 on threes, his rebounding was solid and was a key to the success of the Mavs, who had a small lineup in the game the majority of the time. And he played 260 of 288 minutes in that series. Now, he will need to earn his money. The four-year, $55 million contract extension that he signed in February is already starting to look like a bargain deal. So that was a great move on Dallas's end to lock him up long-term. Now, when we look at this particular series, what do we need to watch for? It's primarily going to be Luka versus how well the Phoenix Suns can defend the perimeter. And we saw what happens when you can't defend the perimeter against this Dallas Maverick team. Utah gave us a prime example of what could happen if you do not lock in and defend from the perimeter first and then help defense seconds. And it figures that Suns coach Monty Williams will want his defensive player of the year on the superstar on that side of the ball but just how much will bridges guard luca when the shots are going up and that's going to depend on how the mavericks hunt certain matchups right dallas and phoenix met three times this season but Doncic did not play in two of those games and in one game Doncic did play bridges you know he had only 31 particular matchups against him um, and I don't know if that's going to be enough within the scope of a full game to slow Doncic down enough. So either way, whatever the Suns did, it actually worked. Doncic only shot nine of 23 from the field in that particular regular season matchup and two of nine from the three point line in 38 minutes. So how Phoenix will try to defend Luka this time around really could determine the outcome of that series. But that's not gonna come withstanding any adjustments that Jason Kidd makes to nullify the defensive presence on the perimeter that the Phoenix Suns guards will try to throw at them. Um, and then we also have the matchup of the Grizzlies and the Warriors. I think this might be the funnest matchup of the playoffs. Uh, Memphis, Memphis posted the second best record in the NBA despite not having John Morant for 25 games. The Grizzlies 
are in the second round, though, because they played their best in the clutch. Right. They they trailed against Minnesota an incredible 70 percent of the time. Right. And they outscored Minnesota by 62 points in the fourth quarter in the entire series. It's going to be a lot harder to do that against this Warrior team because they have championship like experience. And we saw that in game one, the intestinal fortitude in late game situations. The Warriors experience shined now for the for the Grizzlies. And I don't even want to say this is sneaky, but Desmond Bain was definitely the MVP for that team. Um, right, Bain, he just continues to emerge as a big-time player, not just for the Grizzlies, but in the league. He led Memphis in the first round with 23.5 points per game, four rebounds, and two blocks. And he did this all while shooting close to 50% from the three-point line. Now, he will be needed to not only help Memphis keep pace with shooters like Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, but you now also have to worry about Jordan Poole. Right. But Bain will have to bring the energy and explosiveness on both sides of the ball. Right. The Warriors can't let Bain get off in the second round like he did when he buried a total of 15 threes in games three and four against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, so we're going to be keeping an eye on that as this series progresses. I'm sure that Memphis is going to make some adjustments going into game two. But now we have to look at the Golden State Warriors, a team. That's been favored by many to get to the finals. And the Warriors' regular season was riddled with injuries to their star players, preventing any true glimpse of their full potential. Right then in the playoffs, the Warriors showed just how good they can be. Right, their new look small ball lineup, which they actually also utilized against the Memphis Grizzlies, led them to two blowout wins over the Nuggets, while Golden State's other two wins proved this team can close out tight games and they actually actually already proved that in this series with a 117-116 victory over the Grizzlies. Now Gary Payton the second is probably going to be the MVP in that first round because of his defensive prowess and it's easy to give this honor to Poole because Poole surprised many right during the first round he enjoyed his official coming out party as a rising star in the NBA but Golden State's true sneaky MVP has to be Peyton it's no coincidence that every time Peyton checks into the game or at least against the Nuggets the Warriors went on a went on a run right throughout the entire series Peyton gave the Warriors his grade A defense reminiscent of his dad right going up against Rookie spark plug Bones Highland for most of the series while also spending a lot of time on Monty Morris and Will Barton and even sometimes guarding the reigning MVP Yoki. Peyton also gave the Warriors an offensive boost, surprisingly, knocking down wide open shots in the nugget that, you know, the Nuggets dared them to shoot as they kind of helped off just to go double onto Clay or Steph. Right, his most memorable was that dagger bucket over Jeff, Jeff Green to clinch the series. So, you know, we're going to watch in this in this particular game. We're going to watch the Ja Morant versus Peyton, the second battle. Now, we saw Peyton really taking the mantle to go defend Ja Morant, especially when um, in game one, when he's they would go on these runs. Ja Morant looked unstoppable when he was going up against Kaminga or Wiggins. But against Peyton the second, it looked a little different. You know, Josh still finished with over 30 points. But at the end of the game, when stops needed to be made, Gary Payton was there. 
right? Peyton has often taken this assignment in guarding the opponent's best guard, and this showdown with Morant will be the matchup to watch, right? Now, Peyton has to be careful about racking up fouls, and we saw in game one how a lot of the Golden State Warriors guards were getting into foul trouble, but if he can make things difficult on the Grizzly superstar, it could provide a massive boost for the Warriors in the second round. So we look forward to today's slate of games. Sixers Heat, going to be an interesting matchup. That's going to be followed by Mavericks and Suns. Um, two very interesting matchups with the Sixers. It's going to be curious to see how this team reacts to the absence of Joel Embiid. Does James Harden shine? Will James Harden find a way to bring back a little bit of what we saw when he was with OKC or Houston, right? We've, we haven't seen James Harden be James Harden for some time now. Now would be the time for him to bring some semblance of that back out. Hopefully we can see that tomorrow against the Heat, but he has a tall task as it looks like Jimmy Butler is healthy. In the majority of that team, I believe Kyle Lowry is still going to be out. So it's going to be a tough task for a Sixers team that looks to, you know, looks like they struggle scoring the ball at times, especially when they're forced to play half court basketball. And then we have the Maverick Suns. Again, how quickly can Luka get going? Obviously, Jalen Brunson has been a great engine for that team, taking a lot of offensive pressure off of Luka. Feels like him and Spencer Dinwiddie make Luca feel as if he doesn't have to do all of the scoring from the perimeter. But sometimes in these games, sometimes we see Luca try to do too much. Sometimes he tries to shoot the ball too much. Sometimes he takes too many 1v1 matchups and takes bad shots late game. Do the Suns lure Luca into those types of shots tonight? And that's what we're going to be looking for. So again, um, the playoffs are shaping out to be more exciting than many believed. You know, this is a playoffs right now without Kevin Durant, without LeBron James, without Anthony Davis, without Russell Westbrook. But even without some of the game's biggest stars, these matchups are more and more intriguing, primarily because we're seeing new stars, the stars of tomorrow start to blossom. So there's a lot to really there's a lot to really digest going into the second round of the playoffs. Um, Warriors, Grizzlies, Bucks, Celtics, those two series already have started off with a bang. And, and again, I want you guys to comment below. Um, if you don't follow us on our YouTube page, I want some of you guys to head over to YouTube and, and actually comment over there because I want to, I want to hear from you guys. What did you guys think of Giannis Antetokounmpo's performance against the Celtics in game one? I mean, once I saw him throw the off the backboard lob to himself and dunk the ball over Jason Tatum, when he starts to play with that type of confidence, and we saw similar confidence when he figured that Phoenix Suns defense out in the finals last year, once he starts to play with that type of freedom and confidence, you essentially don't have a chance or at least a chance at stopping him. So is this a series where the Celtics maybe relent on trying to stop Giannis as much and then look to stop the other perimeter scorers? All right. Curious to see how the Celtics adjust 
or make the appropriate adjustments and come back in game two against the Milwaukee Bucks. Hey, but you guys, it's been a great podcast episode. You know, your daily commute podcast. Appreciate you guys joining. Make sure you guys give the podcast a follow. Make sure you guys give us a download. And if you haven't done so already, as we just said earlier, head over to YouTube, type in FYF Sports Debates. Give us a follow over there as well, because there you have the opportunity to join our live panels. Speak with us live and direct about all of these NBA topics. But you guys, it's, it's FYF Sports, man. It's been another great podcast episode. Love discussing the NBA playoffs. Can't wait to hear from you guys when we finally get our live calls going over here. And our live shows are going to be crazy. But until that happens, we'll just meet you here for the Daily Commute Show. It's FYF Sports. And we out. Head to head, you can't compete with me. It's no debate, you too fake, and it's too real with me. What's the topic? I'll block it, I keep that shield with me. Ammo loaded, I'm cocking, I got that steel with me. What you talking is nonsense, blow off your conscience. I'm a living sickness, Magic Johnson. By that action, no Bronson, I'm a King LeBron. And the whole league is fuck your feelings, who you thought it would be. Catch me in the streets, internet thugs just typing. No keys and the fans from Ticket TV sign that permission slip, please. That max.